EINU is produced by PLS, a leadership and organizational development firm in central New York, offering an array of services to affect both individual and organizational transformation. In this series, we've been exploring why emotional intelligence is important from a leadership and organizational development perspective. There's a creative tension that we want in organizations. I mean, musicians will talk about it's the creative tension that creates the sound. When you focus on just the behavior and not identifying it to the person, that's where you have a better outcome and you can really embrace this idea of having conflict management. What is emotional intelligence, or EI as it is often called, and how can it help a business improve its performance? What are the elements? How can it be strengthened? Welcome to EI and You. I'm your host, Mark Mangicaro, and over the course of this series, we've been discovering the answers to those questions and much more. Joining me again are Ralph Simone and Cindy Massengill, experts in the field of emotional intelligence. Well, let's move to a new cluster, the Relationship Management Cluster, and talk about conflict management. Ralph, I imagine this is a pretty popular topic at some of your seminars. What are the primary causes of conflict in an organization? I think there's four primary causes. Uh, Conflict around the goals, conflict around the methods that will be used to achieve the goals, conflict around the facts, um, and also conflict around values. I think those are the four primary sources of conflicts in organizations. Okay, well, let's take a look at each one of those individually just a little bit and talk about what we can do to work through some of them. Let's start with goals. I think with all four, we need to surface that there is some conflict. You know, one of the things that I think... Uh, an organization can suffer from not having enough conflict and what we would call artificial harmony. But I think part of the goals is that are we driving towards the right outcomes? And I think uh, one of the things that causes conflict is, in organizations is methods. The circle is too small early. And so people don't, aren't engaged enough in really understanding contextually why these goals are important. So one when you the, say the circle is too small, are you saying the number of people that are getting they're having input? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so now I don't feel like I'm part of it. I'm less engaged. And so now I'm gonna I'm gonna take after the fact pot shots on the goal or the direction that we're moving in. So that's that's one example. The old scientific management paradigm kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, a little bit. So you know, get people in, get more people involved in the discussion so there's a context. And, and, you know, for decision-making, you may have to reduce the size of the circle to ultimately make decisions. But we're, we're, we're reaching out to people, right? We're touching more people regarding the direction. Okay, so the methods and the goals are kind of really tied together there. Facts. How, how are facts? I mean, facts are facts. How is there well, controversy in facts? Well, they are, but we are meaning-making machines. And so there's a big difference between fact and fiction. 
Um, and, and so we often have conflict based on what we believe to be true, based on our confirmation bias, based on what we want to be true. And I think there's a lot of wasted time and energy in organizations arguing over things that are fiction and not fact-based. In fact, I remember, uh, you know, I, I would suggest ending a meeting to go get the facts as opposed to having an argument over what we believe to be true. Now, the values, that sounds like it can be pretty deep. That's the, I think that's the hardest one. You know, I think um, because if I feel like um, I am compromising my values uh, or if my values are being compromised, I think values could be the most difficult one. But I think we need to give voice to values in organizations. We need to have a way in which people can influence an outcome that is aligned with the stated values of the organization. I mean, I think, you know, conflict management is a good thing. We get growth, uh, we get development when we have people seeing things from a different perspective. And when we're talking about conflict, in this case, it's like an attorney talking about an argument, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be adversarial. Is that correct? Absolutely. When you're talking about conflict, generally, you're talking about differing views and you want all those, you want everybody at the table to share their views. It's, it's like, um, I had a manager who said, if, if we all are thinking the same thing, only one of us is doing the thinking. I love that because it's, it's promoting people sharing differing perspectives. It's it's almost like the culture of the company is opened and wants to hear different perspectives so that we can continue to be adaptable and grow in the marketplace. Now, back when we first started our podcast, I think, Ralph, you shared a story from earlier in your career along these same lines. Yeah, I had a boss that said, if you and I see it the same way, we don't need one of us, and he was referring to me. And I think this whole thing is we want to uh, create an environment that encourages different perspectives, not because we want to slow things down, but because we want to arrive at a better answer. We want one plus one to equal three or more. So that's the synergy that comes from people seeing it differently. And it's really powerful, and that's, that's how it fits in this model for driving results. I think you got to be concerned in an organization that is devoid of conflict. And there's a natural tendency, I think, just as human beings, for some people to feel uncomfortable with this idea of conflict or with this, this idea of disagreement. And that's just the, again, that goes to, that goes back to emotional self-awareness, being aware of when, what situations we're uncomfortable with, and then somehow pushing through that and finding a better approach. A lot of people view all conflict as a bad thing, and they're just not comfortable at all with conflict. So how can they use this competency to their benefit and to the benefit of their organization? Well, one of the first steps that that we all can do to make it better for ourselves is to sort of reframe this word conflict. Conflict has such a negative connotation, naturally so. And so reframing that to be more of, instead of a conflict conversation, more of a realignment conversation, or just finding some other word. Again, the intent is not to sugarcoat it, but um, if conflict feels uncomfortable, change it. We're just getting realigned, like Ralph said. 
one and one equal, one plus one should equal three. The more input we, we get, the better answer, the better outcome we'll have. There's a creative tension that we want in organizations. I mean, musicians will talk about it's the creative tension that creates the sound. So we want to encourage people that this creative tension helps us get better solutions, better answers. I also like to think that we want to change some words. Uh, some people will take a position. And I think it's really, let's uncover the interests of the key stakeholders and uh, surface the different interests with the intentions of driving towards a solution that meets or exceeds all of those interests. Um, Covey wrote a whole book called The Third Alternative. You know, if we can have a process where we can surface, negotiate, and resolve different interests, we will have a better answer. Now, it seems to me that this is a competency that has got a lot of potential to, if it's screwed up, have really bad outcomes. What are some uh, pitfalls that managers, mostly I'm assuming, need to avoid when they're trying to manage conflict? Uh, you know, one I think is that you have to be self-aware and socially aware that realize that this is a balance uh, between assertive and cooperative behavior. And so I think you can go sideways by going autocratic too early. I think you can go sideways by trying to avoid it, by trying to sweep it under the, the rug. And I mentioned earlier in this conversation of having artificial harmony. Uh, nobody wins in, in that solution. But when we can be uh, assertive as well as cooperative, both for what we're interested in, but also uh, be, be willing to listen to what other people are interested in, we can, we can drive to an answer that satisfies all interests. So what we're really saying is that it's actually a good idea to bring the issues where there's conflict out into the open. And that's brilliant. Focus on the issues and not the person. And that's where conflict really can bubble up is when you're focusing on the person versus the behavior. When you focus on just the behavior and not identifying it to the person, that's where you have a better outcome and you can really embrace this idea of having um, conflict management. But that's really hard to do. If you're, I, I just, I think if there's a tense situation, it is so hard to disconnect the issue from the person that's causing it, for lack of a better term, or at least from your perspective that this person is causing this issue. That's just so hard to do. It can be difficult. I think, it, I think we make it harder at times because we wait too long. And remember we talked about uh, widening the circle earlier. I think you have to give enough time. I think there's an expectation that we're going to surface different perspectives with, intentionally so we can get a better answer. And I think we need to do it sooner rather than later. If we're at the 11th hour on getting a project done, and all of a sudden we've got all of these different perspectives, that gets a little difficult to manage. But if we are encouraging those perspectives along the way, I think uh, we have, not, not one, the practice of getting through them, but two, we don't feel under this time constraint. Because I think that's what happens. We wait too long, and then the, then the conflict seems like it's holding us up as opposed to adding value. Would it be safe to say, then, that the earlier we have conflict, the better that conflict can help move things forward? 
And I would actually say the earlier we address the conflict. Thank you. Yes. Remember, this one is surfacing, negotiating, and resolving conflict. And I think as a leader, you want to make it clear to people that you expect different perspectives. And it's in those different perspectives that we get a better answer. But we are going to intentionally surface, negotiate, and resolve these differences among people to get a better answer. Conflict doesn't have to be difficult. It's sometimes our perception, we said this earlier, but this word conflict has a negative connotation. And sure, it might be a difficult conversation because you're perceiving that someone else has a different perspective than you. But really question yourself, why does it really have to be difficult, especially if the organization has a culture of wanting to hear different perspectives? doesn't have to be difficult. It's an opportunity to learn more. And if there is high trust, when someone would disagree with you, the response would typically be, good, I'm glad that you see it differently from me. And because I value and trust your perspective, I want to understand why you see it that way. The belief that we can create a third alternative, an answer that is better than either one of us could think of individually, is what helps me encourage conflict in groups. Similar to the thinking of the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. That's perfect. That's perfect. And, and I think that requires this idea that we are interdependent. We get stuck, I think, in conflict when we take a position of independence, when we see ourselves as not connected in that we can do our thing in a vacuum. And that's, even if you are a sole proprietor, that's not possible because you're doing things with and through other people. And for other people, and shouldn't your focus be the client, right? And why are we here? Why are we doing this project? Well, it's because our goal is to serve our clients' needs. Exactly. Meet their interests, meet your interests, and do it in a way that all are better. But it requires you to surface uh, things that, uh, that we see differently. Cindy, how can someone improve his or her conflict management skills? A couple ideas on this one. First, focus on collective interests, not, not individual positions. The second thing is to focus on, in, in conflict, focus on the behavior of someone else and not necessarily the person directly. So it, that both of, those, both of those ways sort of lightens up this word conflict. You know, if we have a um, if we have a bad if we have a bad view on this word conflict, or if we if there's a if there's a negative connotation to this word conflict, we're going to avoid it at all costs, right? So reframe the word. You know, using this word realignment really resonates with a lot of different people, and um, it can really help to change the focus from a difficult conversation to focusing on having a better outcome. EI and You is produced by PLS. Executive producer, Ralph Simone. Research director, Cindy Massengill. Technical assistance provided by Matt Langley. I'm Mark Mangiacaro. For more information on emotional intelligence and other leadership development tools, visit discoverpls.com.